Turning your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 14. Uh, almost preached this this morning, but I didn't. <laughs> and if I missed it, I, I, I hope I didn't, but I, I was kind of struggling on which way to go. And, um, but I'm hoping the Lord will use this, um, what I'll call post-revival prescription, the title of my message will be, If You Love Me. There's some deep scriptures here that I'd like to look at. And uh, my mind kept going on over and over and over again on verse 15. But then as I began to seek the Lord on it, uh, it was more than that. So I'm going to begin with verse 13 and read a little few verses here. won't be too awful long. But uh, this may turn into a series, because that's kind of where it looks like it's going to be. And uh, so I was struggling on trying to make it all fit tonight, and then we'll go forward with it. You know, the Bible teaches us that there are commandments of Christ. Yes, sir. And they're, they're differently uh, designed, and they're different for our demonstration as a believer than the Old Testament Ten Commandments and the 630-something plus law commandments given in the Word of God. And so, anyhow, when we get saved, that's not it. You don't just, just cruise all the way to heaven. You know, you're going to run into some obstacles. But you also have a holy life you are called to live for the Lord. And many of these teachings of Christ help us... Uh, pattern our life after him than live for him and that definitely shows a difference in our life against the darkness of this world Amen. we as believers we follow the teachings of Christ it's going to make you scratch your head sometimes and it's going to make other people scratch their head because there's some strange things we're called to do with some of his commandments we will look at those there are several but I'm not necessarily going to look at every single one of them unless the Lord leads us to do that but let's pick up with verse 13 I'm going to read this, and I want you to soak this in. Uh, God gave us a great revival meeting, and we had people saved, people get right with the Lord. A lot of people got closer to the Lord, and hopefully this will sink in a little bit. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If it cannot be done to glorify the Father in the Son, he will not do it. That's right. And if you pray, he'll answer it if it will glorify the Father in the Son. Amen. If it's not getting answered, it's probably because we're thinking about it glorifying us. Right. Yeah. So we have to see that, there, that the scripture is very simple. We're the one that makes it complicated. Amen. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now the charismatic religious groups of the world, they want you to name it, claim it, but you can't write his name on every check that you write. Yes. You can't do that. But if you line up with God's word and will, you can send his name on it and he can do it. He will do it. This is deep here. If you love me, keep my commandments. So it was exciting there for a little bit, have all your prayers answered. All you got to do is just put his name to it, amen, just name it and claim it. And then he says, if you love me, keep. My commandments. Amen. Keep means you practice them. You live it. When you fail it, you get forgiveness of it. 
You try to get back on track of doing those commandments. Now, I know we don't live under the law anymore because the Bible teaches, and I'll get to that one of these days, but the Bible teaches us that Christ fulfilled the law. He did. So let's read the scriptures. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Because he's leaving, but he's going to send you with another comforter. He will not leave us comfortless. This comforter is capitalized in verse 16 because he's got a name. And it's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is our comforter. Lives in us as believers. Those that got saved this week, your spirit was quickened and made alive and the Holy Ghost came in and sealed you. Lives and dwells in you as a believer. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. (laughs) Because I live, ye shall live also. See, his word is alive. Amen. And if you're saved, this ought to stir your heart. Just, just, just even though I can't quit commenting on all these things, it ought to stir your heart a little bit. Amen. Because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Listen to this. He it is that loveth me. Did you hear that? Did you read that? Yeah. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Yes, sir. We just read in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Can we deduce that if you don't keep his commandments, you don't love him? Right. Now, I believe some people are saved, but I don't know that they really love him like they should. Yeah. You can lose your first love. It's a biblical concept. Yes, sir. You can fall away from that that love you had. These that just got saved and reading their Bible and they're kind of seeking this new life in Christ out. Uh, uh, that's a great time of your life, but that can fall away. Revival can fall away. Why do we have to have revival every once in a while? Because we, we get unrevived. We, the opposite of revive is to die. We seem to decay and die and fall away. But staying in love with the Lord is keeping his commandments. Practicing his commandments. And so uh, the scripture says, verse 20, And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And he that hath kept my commandments, and keepeth me, keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. That's powerful. You wonder why some people seem like they're seeing things that you're not seeing? That they are experiencing some things maybe you're not experiencing. They're, not, you're, they're enjoying some things you are not enjoying. That's the key to it right there. Yeah. Judas. Y'all remember him? Judas saith unto him. Not Iscariot. Different Judas. How is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, He will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. 
powerful scriptures. So I want to look at a couple of things as introduction here. And then as the time goes on, we're going to look at some of the commandments of Christ. They're very, a lot of them are very challenging. They're very challenging to, to take up that, some of the things that Christ commanded. And when he preached from a boat, when he preached on the shoreline, he preached to his disciples, he preached to the multitudes, he preached to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. I mean, he, he gave a lot of words out. But we might not look at every one of them individually. But I do want to look at this a little bit tonight as we get forward. Um, we look unto Jesus for our salvation. Amen. We look to him for salvation, to be saved. The word salvation means deliverance. That you need to be delivered from your sin and your bondage into sin. And you need to be set free. And you need to be born again to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And we look unto him to do that. And the Holy Spirit and his work and the spiritual work of the truth of the word of God. Sometimes through the conflicts of our life, the troubles that we go through. Sometimes the, the Lord uses those to move us and position us and to kind of push us towards that we could get in a place to open our heart and listen to the truth, listen to the scriptures. Sometimes the Lord in that also convicts us. He begins to put us under conviction. You used to could do this and enjoy it, and now you can't anymore. I believe God does that when people are lost, and I know for certain he does it to people that are saved because you are no longer your own. You are bought with a price. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you, listen, and I've, I've heard, heard this one time, and I think there is some truth to this. It's bothered me before because I, God would deal with me about something, and I, I, you know, I told you before, I used to chew tobacco and, and dip and all that and chew bubble gum at the same time just so I could do it. And uh, God got convicted me of it as a believer. Convicted me of it. Conviction that it was wrong, it was a bad testimony, and it was it was a, a stumbling block possibly to other people, and that even though others might could do it and it didn't bother them, God wanted it out of my life. Yes, sir. That does not mean necessarily that I could force it on everybody else around me. Now Joanna wasn't chewing, so I couldn't make her stop doing this she wanted. Amen. But God was bothering me about it. So I had a choice whether I was going to follow that and quit it. And let God do whatever deep work. You know, when we talk about the potter and the clay, the potter takes that clay out of the bank and he begins to throw it through a screen. He throws it through a process of purging and cleaning out sticks and mess and grass and everything. And he begins to mold it. His whole process, even through the time that he fires it in the kiln, is he wants to get everything out that's worldly elements and let there only be the fashion of the Father's hand, the imprint of that on that clay. Many times that is a lifetime work that God is doing in our lives. And sometimes he convinces us and causes us to look to him for salvation. The Bible says in John 12, 32, Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So when it comes to me preaching the word of God, I try to lift him up again and lift his name up and present the gospel and the cross and all those things because I'm not trying to re-crucify him. It's just a recurring message that he was lifted up and he promised that if he preached that he was lifted up and when he was lifted up on that cross, he will draw them in. Now not everybody's gonna get saved, but he will draw them. The word of God has been preached. Yes, sir. It has been proclaimed. This, even their heathen countries around the world that never had any gospel have internet now. Yeah. You tell me not living in the last days with the gospel we publish in all nations and the Lord could soon come back because every nation could hear the gospel. That's 
We're living in that time. But not everybody will get saved or trust him. Not everybody's gonna repent and turn from their sin. Many people just wanna keep their sin. They, want, they, they love it. They love it and they don't love him. And if you're saved and you're struggling with that, you better, you better make sure you know that you're saved and maybe not that you're lost because there should come a time where you cross that line and say, I don't want to love that anymore. I want to love him. And I want to keep his commandments in my life. You call upon him for salvation. You trust in him and believe in him, asking to forgive you of your sins. Thank God you don't have to name all 100 billion of them. Amen. You can just confess the fact, I'm a sinner. Lord, please forgive me and save me. Come into my heart and my life. You have a saving faith. And when you do that, he saves you and he changes your life. And it doesn't, listen, some people change faster than others. I know that. I know that. Uh, my pastor used to use the, the story that he, when he got saved, he used to smoke cool cigarettes. I guess they were just cooler than the other cigarettes. I don't know. I never, I smoked one time. I just put it in my mouth. Hit it from my mom and dad. I didn't inhale. I just blew it. Even that smoke made me cough. And I said, oh, I'm done. I quit. And I started chewing tobacco. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, ain't no angels in here, no perfect people in here. But he said when he got saved, he kept smoking. Some people just like, they quit everything. Seems like they just, they just become almost perfect. Now, I don't know anybody really like that. But he said he got to get to dealing with it about it. The Lord started convicting him about it. You got to get that out of your life. See, when God starts working on getting things out of your life, he's got other things he's going to put in your life. He's going to conform you to his image. He's got commandments he wants you to live and practice and serve him that this world can see your good works amongst the darkness and it will glorify your Father which is in heaven. So he works on our life. He cleans our life up, draws us out of the world. And it takes a lot longer from some, for some than others, but he said he used to go to the store, he would buy sweet feed for his horse that he had in the, in the pasture and all that, and he would go in there and buy his feed and this, and always get a carton of cigarettes. Uh, today that'd probably be, what, $150? I don't know how much they are now. They're pretty high, probably. I don't know. But anyhow, I know I used to dip the can, it was 89 cents, and when I quit, it was almost $3. I'm glad the Lord helped me quit, I would have been living in a cardboard box, probably. But the Lord purged those kind of things out. And he said one day the Holy Ghost was so important to know that that spirit of truth, yes. it lives inside and dwells in us. The Holy Spirit told him that's the last, listen, that, that, that pack in your pocket is the last pack you'll ever need. And the man at the counter said, and a carton of cools. He said, skip the cools. This is my last one. And he never smoked again. Amen. But he, he didn't just quit the day he got saved and flush him down the toilet. I tried to flush stuff, throw stuff, and I'd, I'd go in the woods with a flashlight looking for my cans. I wasn't quite as victorious as he was, but the Lord still worked in my life. And uh, I've been clean from that from a long time. But I'm glad the Lord, when we look unto him for salvation, we can look unto him for separation in our life. Amen. He'll separate us, draw us out of things and take things out of our life and put more of him in, in our life and allow us to begin to be a light in this world and salt in this yes, world. Sir. All the minerals that are in salt, listen, we are, the, we are the purest salt of the earth that there can be because we are, uh, we are called to a holy calling. We are a peculiar people. We're supposed to be zealous of good works. We're supposed to be different. 
So that's important. If you got saved, God's going to be, he's not through working in your life. And if you are saved, you've been saved for 100 years and you just feel like you've just been sitting in a, in a stagnated place, you need to surrender some, your life to him and realize that if you love him, there's commandments you should be keeping. Not to be saved, not to put yourself under the law, but to follow him. One of his commandments is follow me. Follow me. Take up that cross. Identify yourself with Christianity and deny your flesh. Deny yourself. The flesh don't like hearing that. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. We say, well, preacher, I don't like all those do's and don'ts. Well, the flesh doesn't. But if you'll replace that which Christ is trying to call you to, he will replace it with his joy, his presence, his grace, his mercy, his strength, his fellowship, his companionship. You won't really lose. That's right. Now, I stand here right this moment. I don't crave, uh, what did I used to, I think it was Hawkins and Skoll and Copenhagen. Copenhagen was nasty. But my friends did it, so I had to do it. Peer pressure. Kentucky Twist was tree bark. Dipped in gas. Nastiest stuff in the world. But I chewed it. It caused your whole mouth to dry. And you couldn't even really spit. But you were cool around your buddies. God delivered me from that. Amen. I'm so glad that he did. Joanna said she would have never kissed me if I was still chewing on that stuff. So I didn't know what all I'd be missing out on. But God knew I got to get some stuff out of your life. I got a wife coming in your life. I'm going to call you to preach. I'm going to do some things with you you can't even comprehend. And God could do the same to some of you. There's some things you might not comprehend that God wants to do in your life. And maybe where you are now is not telling the story like God wants to tell it. Now the Lord wants us to look unto him for salvation. Look unto him for separating us into the gospel. The Bible also teaches us we love him unto salvation. As I read the scriptures he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He that hath, verse 21, he that hath my commandments. Do you have his commandments? Now, I can't, wish I could quote everyone to you. Uh, I could almost give you everything the Ten Commandments has, but even some of them I get out of order sometimes. But I can't tell you every commandment Christ said because some debate on some things is whether it really was a command or there was just something he said. But I'll tell you what, we have them. We have the commandments. I can read them in the Bible and the Holy Spirit. I promise you, he knows every one of them. Amen. He knows everything. He's to lead us and guide us in all truth. He's that another, or another comforter that the Lord sent to us to guide us. We're not alone in this. He wants to give, get us to a place of walking in his strength and his spirit. And if you love him and you have those commandments and you keep those commandments... And then the Bible declares here, he it is that loveth me. That's the kind of person that's going to do that. And he's going to be loved of his father. And he's, Jesus said, I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I'm going to make myself known to him. Yeah. So until we start doing those things, you're not going to know all the, there, or as much as to know about the Lord as you do now. If you practice those commandments, you're going to start learning more about who Jesus is. You go out in this world and find he gives you the power to love the very enemies that you used to hate with all your passion, but now he helps you love them. You're going to learn a whole lot more about his grace and forgiveness and mercy. And in fact, I think as we practice these commandments, it helps us fall more in love with him. That he could love me because I'm probably the reason a lot of those commandments were given. 
because of the way I live my life and the, the flesh that I lived in. We love him unto salvation. And 1 John 4.19 says we love him. 1 John now, not John, but 1 John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us. He showed his love towards us first. He made the first move. And we can respond to that first move. And one way to prove that you love him is to keep his commandments. If we pray to him, read his word, it will strengthen our relationship. It will make our relationship stronger. Our love will get stronger. There are some people in this church that have been saved, walking for God a long time. Two of those young ladies that sang a while ago right there, they're in their 80s, been saved probably 40, 50, I don't know, maybe 100 years between them, they've been saved. That's probably pretty close. And uh, as the journey has gone on, the, the journey has gotten sweeter as they kept trying to walk for God and live for God and serve the Lord in this world. And I, I'm, I dare say that they would probably agree with me that they are, their relationship is drawing closer and stronger as they keep on trying to live for God. Not that it makes them more saved, it just makes them more close to Him. Drawing nigh to Him, He said, I will draw nigh to you. Now listen. The closer I get to Brother Robert right here, the closer he's getting to me. But he never moved. Right? Did y'all just see that? That was magic. I'm a magician. But what does that mean between me and God? Well, God's not going to move off of his position of holiness. He's not going to move from his position of truth. I'm the one that needed to be delivered to be saved. And I'm the one he's working in my life to conform me to his image. And I have to seek to draw closer to him. And as I do that, he will draw closer to me. His father's love will be manifested in my life. His love will be manifested in my life. If I love him, I'm going to keep his words. As verse 23 says, if a man love me, he will keep my words. I'm going to hold on to him. I want to value why they're there, why they were written, who they were written to, whether my admonition or for the lost in the world. I want to hold on to those promises. Many of those promises I'm leaning on more heavily now that the older I get than I was the day I got saved. Uh, you young people that got saved during the revival, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't, when did I get saved? 89, whatever that is, 30, 30 something years now. As I go, well, thank you, Brother Jason, I appreciate this. See that? He's younger, he can move faster. He's thinking his brain's moving faster. And as I look back on life, I've, I've had a lot of losses, but I look back and I say, well, I've really had more gains than losses. And, I'm, and a lot of those loved ones, if they're in Christ, they're just going to heaven. I've not lost them. And I got more to go to heaven for, as one song says, than I did yesterday. And as I draw nigh to him, he draws nigh to me. His word is alive. His church is not an organization, it's an organism. It's alive. His word's alive. His spirit is real. And what a joy and a blessing it is to read his word. And his word comes alive in my heart. And I said, I got to get, I I see that commandment, Lord. And I'm not keeping it. I'm not following it. I'm not pleasing you. I'm not serving you. So I'm going to take that commandment up as part of my walk. And I'm going to start living that way. I'm going to start loving my enemies. That's a challenging one in itself. We'll get there more later. But we love him unto salvation. He lives in us upon salvation. When we get saved, the scripture says he he dwells in us. In John 14, 23, he says, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. We're going to live inside of him. 
I don't know why God chose to live in man. He could have chose some other way. He could have chose to make us some kind of robot or some kind of being that he would use some other way, but never would he have to live inside of us. But he saves us and he cleanses us and he makes us righteousness, gives us righteousness, which is his righteousness. Amen. He chooses to live inside of us, abides in us, or takes abode in us. Listen to Ephesians 3.17. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Christ lives in my heart today. I don't know why he chose to do that, but he does. But that also constrains me. His love constrains me, makes me want to. Listen, I don't want to just think anything and do anything. I want my life to be pleasing and cleansed, clean, clean to him. I want him to feel at home in my life. And if I do, I will feel at home in my own life. I'll have peace with God and the peace of God. Not only does he live... Uh, we love him unto salvation. He lives up in us upon salvation. He lives in us eternally. Yes. It says here he makes his abode with him. And I know the Bible says in John chapter 10 that I am the father of one and no man's able to pluck him out of, uh, us out of the father's hands. And listen, there, there's no little crevice, little small entrance of something in here. Can you imagine as these words come, I will come unto him and make our abode with him and I'll leave him the first time he does something wrong. First time he looks cross-eyed, I'm, I'm out of here. Now that's how we treat each other. We have an eternal salvation. We have eternal security in the Lord. He loves us. The Bible teaches us Old and New Testament a lot. We are loved with an everlasting love. It does not expire. And he makes his abode with us and lives within us. The scripture says in Hebrews 13, 5, he lives eternally with us. Let your conversation be without covenants. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's a powerful promise. He will never leave me. He will never abandon me, ever. So he makes our abode uh, in our life and won't abandon us in this life. And one day he's coming back to get us, amen? Coming back to take us home with him. And so with those thoughts in mind, John fourteen fifteen pops up again. If you love me, Keep my commandments. So, here we go. Just, just a little start here, okay? All right. Matthew five seventeen. The Bible. Turn with me there. Matthew five seventeen. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law. Or the prophets. How could he destroy the prophets? Well, he couldn't destroy the prophets. They're dead. But he could destroy their word. He could make it null and void and empty and, and no good. He said, I'm not come to do that, but to fulfill. You know, there are laws in the Bible that would judge us to hell, judge us to death penalty for talking back to our parents. And some, no doubt, we've done worse things than that. And, but Jesus came to die on the cross. He paid for every 
jot and tittle of the law. He died, Brother Jim, for the transgressions of every law that could ever be broke for every person. He died on the cross for it. He fulfilled the law. He said, I didn't come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no I pass from the law to all be fulfilled. And thank God he fulfilled it all. And when the Lord looks at me and all the laws I have broken, and I have quite a few transgressions in my list, the blood now has been applied and it's been paid for every one of them and it's gone. And now he sees the righteousness of his son. When he sees me, he sees the blood of the lamb. Man, that should make me love him. So how does he know that I love him? I'm going to start keeping those commandments. Not because I have to, because I want to. Because I love him and I want to please him. Now, go to Romans 13. This is the introduction to the introduction. Or this is the post-introduction. I don't know what this is, but it's his word, that's for sure. Romans 13. Verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. How? Thought Christ fulfilled the law. He did. You're just living like he did. You are walking like he walked. You are being a Christian. A little Christ. They were first called Christians at Antioch. And when they called them Christians, it was just like a little Christ. It was not a word of honor. It was a word of dishonor. Look at those little Christians. Those little minions. Those little people who, they're walking like him. They believe he died. They believe he was resurrected. They believe he lives inside of them. And now they're trying to act like him. Yes, that's what a Christian is and does. And he says here, For this, verse 9, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment. Now, obviously, this is a brief summary of the Ten Commandments. It is briefly comprehended. Understand that the Lord and the Holy Spirit wants us to comprehend the Ten Commandments in order to to carry out our Christian life of the commandments of Christ. They are briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Unless you're weird and you hate yourself, you should love your own flesh. You get a splinter or you get a pain, y'all rub it, we all rub, hurt, take a pill. Jeremy just scratched his head. Why? Because it's itching. We, we try to take care of ourselves. That thing's itching. I'm going to scratch it. I ain't worried about scratching your head. You may say, hey, can you scratch? Very few of us would stoop to that. Will you scratch my head? Preacher, I don't want to stick my fingers in your head. But to love your neighbor as yourself, yeah, sure, here, where do you want me to scratch? Right in the middle there. No, that's where all my hair is loose, and I don't want to do that one. Amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love their life, their body, like it was your own life. 
That is a substitutional love. It is a supernatural love. It stupefies this world. They cannot comprehend it. And if we live that way with our neighbors around us, and then we understand that our neighbors are not just the one on the other side of the fence. They're everyone we come in contact with every day of our life. School neighbors, work neighbors, people you shop with. They're your neighbor. They come into your neighborhood, they're your neighbor. And that's why it's important as we live these kind of commandments. He says in this verse, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. I'm going to tell you here, a lot of us that claim we're Christians, we're missing this. Yeah, right. We failed here. We, we get a D on our report card. You might get a C or a B, but I got a D. Christmas time exposes a lot of flunks. Everybody you're in line with and they're huffing and puffing behind you. Yes. Said, Would you calm down, honey? No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm make my wife mad on her birthday. Amen. And knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep, church. It was a, it was a warning then. Do you think we're closer drawing nigh to the time the Lord comes than it was then when Paul wrote this? It's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Not the salvation of our soul, but the deliverance from, from this world. And, and it's not trying to say, oh, praise the Lord, I'm going to just put on a white robe and go sell everything. No, he says, you don't got much time to live like me in this world. You better get to it. Yes, sir. I don't got much time to live like him left. I don't got much time to do that. Instead, we, do, we avoid it. We don't want to have to be challenged in our life. We don't want to have to forgive our brothers or sisters that attack us or our neighbors or, or some co-worker or mistreatment and bitter, which he preached about that last week. We don't want to live these things. But we're running out of time to do it. And we ought to say, God, thank you. We still have some time. I can still live like you and love like you in this world. Because love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Knowing that the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Anything that's not lining up with this is works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, which these are thoughts of just laying around and lusting and love and seeking things in the world and fulfilling all the desires of your flesh, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That's stout. Some stout scriptures. Um. Let's look at Matthew 22. Now when we go to Matthew, I know some of you, uh, maybe you haven't been saved long or you haven't been really, you know, you haven't been in your Bible in a long time and you don't know where everything is. Don't feel bad if somebody's turning faster than you. Go, you're not cheating to go to the beginning of the Bible and look and find. But learn where it is. Get familiar with it. But when we go to Matthew, I know, all right, we're in the New Testament. 
And we're in Matthew, we're going to start looking at these Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is with those three years that Jesus was walking on the earth and he was laying down these commandments and he was living these commandments and the disciples were learning about these commandments. And in Matthew 22, uh, verse number, let's see, we'll go to verse 37. Whoops, I went too fast. Jesus said unto him, well, well let's, let's back up. The Pharisees in verse 34, the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were two different religious groups, and one group heard the other when Jesus kind of, he, he, he tied them up. He tied them up yes. with their own words. So that, I think they took the challenge like, well, that ain't happening to us. Well, you know, they go to him, they were gathered together, and one of them, which was a lawyer, a lawyer, not like, you know, double alt or 999 and you know, all those guys. This was a lawyer of the laws of God. They knew every law. They thought they were very well rehearsed in them and they knew everything about it. They asked him a question tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second. Well, I didn't ask for a second one. This, on. this is God's, this is Christ saying, I've got some other commandments for you. Good. I've got some other standard of life. You need to live your life in love out in this world. He said, the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, remember, he did not destroy the law. He did not destroy the prophets. He come to fulfill the law. And he says here, on these two commandments, and remember the Old Testament scripture we read a while ago, to briefly comprehend all this, he now says, now we're going to hang them all on this. Hang them all on the law and the prophets on these two commandments. What are they again? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now they said, is that it? That's all there is to it? No, nope. he, he said a whole lot of other stuff too. But all the law and the prophets hang on those two. Love God and love your neighbor. Then I got some other things for you, like love your enemies. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. But that's the power of Christ's love within us. So if you can work on the first great commandment, and the second commandment, then he'll start working in your life on the other commandments. Because he did say, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says many things in the scriptures. Over and even Matthew 22, uh, 39 and 40, he talks about uh, the, the love of the neighbor and, and uh, as yourself. And that's hard sometimes for us to, to uh, put our place in because... In our flesh, we want to be number one. We want the first parking place, don't we? Y'all ever go somewhere looking for a parking place and you're, and, and you're driving around and you're going, Lord, what, what does my neighbor need today? Where would they like to park? Oh, come on, you take that one right there. I'll walk. That's not how we think, is it? <laughs> Loser. What church does he go to? He's got the East Georgia Road bumper sticker, which we still have some of those, by the way, if y'all would like to put them on your car. 
especially after tonight's preaching, amen, so you can stand out in this word that you belong to a church. You don't want to bring reproach upon that church, do you? Not because of me or the people, but because of his name. So, preacher, I might put one on my car because I speed. I run stop signs. I, I, I steal parking lots every chance I get. I do not think about my neighbor. Well, then we sure be real, ought to be real careful saying how much we love the Lord. If we're struggling with the first two commandments. If you struggle with the neighbor one, God will tell you you're struggling with the first one. You say you love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Jesus might say, I said if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And you can't love your neighbor. So I'm not seeing the love. It's challenging. And I'm I'm a work in progress still. And I think a lot of us are. This kind of preaching doesn't make us want to shout and hang from the chandeliers. It makes us want to say, shut up, preacher, go. Shut your your Bible. Let's quit meddling in our lives. But that's that's the scriptures. Listen, when the rubber hits the road, is a lot of these commandments of Christ, they they challenge us so deeply. They really do. And we're going to look at some further on along uh, as we go. I I don't want to stop because I don't want to labor too long. We've got other ones that we want to look at, and I want to give them... uh, I want to give them proper time, but let's read this last part. We may pick up with it. That I do want you to read it. I want you to meditate upon it. Matthew 5, 11. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus really meddled in a lot of our lives (laughs) to those that were listening that day. The Beatitudes and the Blessed Bees and all that. But look at verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. They attack you and slander you, maybe in word, maybe in some kind of action, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. That's the key, church. If it's true, then there's no, there's no rejoicing to go on here. You're just guilty. You need to ask God to forgive you. You need to make it right with the people that you've offended or hurt. And you just need to come clean with God. But if you are trying to live for God and you have walked right, the scripture says all these things can happen. They can say all manner of evil against you. If they were to call me a drunk and say I have been drunk all weekend long and just stumbled in here to preach this morning, I promise you this. The Bible says that all I have to do is just rejoice because that's false accusation. Yes, sir. I can account where I was. My wife can too. Amen. And if you even have pictures, I'm going to call you a liar. Amen. Photoshop. Because I don't drink no more. Amen. I'm filled with the Spirit. The Bible gives me a replacement for things that He takes out. He puts greater things within me. And he says, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward. They falsely accuse you for so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. you have a, you're in a good class of people. And they persecuted Jesus, persecuted the prophets, and they're persecuting you and attacking you. What does he say to do? Shoot them! Punch them in the nose! No, he said rejoice. Can you imagine that? That's pretty hard dynamic stuff. 
you're you're drinking. No, I don't. I, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. At least I want to be. Amen. Be not drunk in wine, where is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Commandment that attaches to other verses where I believe Christ. Can, we could say that's one of those commandment following, following and loving the Lord. And I said, I, you know what? I'm just going to say, praise the Lord. They're trying to attack me for his namesake, his glory. I know that I haven't done that. I know I didn't steal this or lie here on that. And I'm just trying to serve you. So I just want to rejoice that I have encountered with the number of the name of Christ and the prophets that were before me. But instead, oh, what was me? Nobody loved me. It's a hard life. Everybody talking about me. Well, if it's not true, rejoice. But if it's true, then I guess that's why sometimes we act guilty. And we look like we got guilt. We're supposed to rejoice. And these false accusations come. Because they attacked our darling Savior. They lied against him. They made mockery of his love. So oh, he's a friend of sinners and publicans and he's no good. Thank God he's a friend of sinners and publicans. And may I learn more to be like him. And I'm not saying get into the world's sinful actions with people, but I would, I, we need to love the sinful people in this world. Don't love their sin. Amen? Don't practice sin with them. Don't pet it, promote it, encourage it, and, 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 and enable it. But you can love them because that's the only way I got out of the mess I was in because he loved me to him. He drew me with cords of love, drew me to him in salvation. I repented. That's another one of his commandments. I might get to those later. But I repented and turned from my sins and turned to him. And in doing so, his spirit came and abide within me. And every time I keep a commandment, that love just grows and glows again within my life. I feel like I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. And we have fellowship one with another. And what does that verse say? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's better than the fellowship of the ring. Amen? Yes, the fellowship of the king. I preached on that a while back. That's a great fellowship to be a part of. We have a, quite a challenge. Church, if you got saved, if you are saved, and you say you love the Lord, he said, keep my commandments. He said, I don't know them all. It's a good journey to be seeking it. Read your Bible. Get in those New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and start reading how amazing, dynamic Christ's life was. And how he, he loved those that despitefully used him and persecuted him. And he can give us the power to do similar things like that in the darkness of this world. And then if you go through those kind of sufferings, you just rejoice and say, Lord, thank you that, that I am I'm being a light, being attacked. One day, somehow it's going to pay off. And they may come to you, the very ones that slandered your name and attacked you and, uh, and talked about you. Brother Robert may come to you. Will you pray for me? My, my wife's got cancer and I don't know what to do. And that's a time where you can give glory to the Lord and show them great grace and mercy and forgiveness and pray with them with a heart, a true heart that loves God, loves your neighbors, even loves your enemies. And if you love him, you'll keep those kind of commandments. And if you do that, it'll give glory to the Lord. This world can see your good works, not really your good works, but his good work working through you. And it'll glorify your father. Church, let's pray.
Father, we pray that you'll take these, these challenges of Scripture, Lord, in our lives. Lord, it, uh, I cannot live this way without you living in me. And Lord, no wonder some people are so miserable, religious but lost, trying to live, trying to conform to these teachings, and they don't have the power of Christ, the Spirit of Christ living inside of them to do it. But us that are saved and claim the name of Christ, I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to live into this world the way you've taught us to live, these commandments that you've laid down in your scripture. And not only did you tell us, but you lived it, you walked it. You were an example to us, an example to us. And may we follow your steps and help us, God, to be more like you and less like us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.